You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Everybody, it's the Wrestling Life. It's episode one forty. It's December sixth, twenty seventeen. I'm Ethan, and I'm Liam. We are back. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. If you celebrate that here in the U.S. of A., don't want to be too xenophobic here. You know, I was thinking today, Liam, as I, we get off on our first of several hundred rabbit trails. Speaking of xenophobia, I was thinking about the Jinder Mahal Shinsuke Nakamura program and. It struck me that, you know, up until that program, you can't say they didn't try with Shinsuke. They had him beat Cena clean. They had him beat Orton clean, you know. And then then Vince got, you know, Vince changed his mind because he thought Nakamura hurt Cena. And uh, then he just fed him the ginger. But uh, boy, that's uh, that's maybe something for the year, the year interview show or something. But anyway. Lots to get lots to get into this week. <laughs> Raw, SmackDown. I've been watching a lot of New Japan Rabbit Trails. Uh, Jerry Lawler being terrible. Michael Elgin being terrible. <laughs> lots to get into. Where do we start? Uh, Monday Night Raw. Sure. Let's start with the least interesting thing first. All right. The Bar retained the tag titles. Braun and Kane was set up for next week. Joe and Roman is a program going forward. Did I miss anything? Uh, well, we have Absolution, uh, is just running roughshod all over, all over the, uh, the women's division. We, uh, yeah, they did the exact same thing on SmackDown as well, uh, since, uh, we last did a show. Uh, they de- they've debuted some new talent in the women's division, and this may strike you as strange, Liam, or as a, come as a surprise, but I have some thoughts about this. What? We've been talking about Mandy Rose on this show for, I don't know. We don't talk about her all the time, but I know she's come up for over a year on this show, and we said sure. she's going to be a superstar. And just from the fact that she has blonde hair and she's on Vince McMahon's television show, sure seems like she's going to be a star, but uh, Paige is clearly being positioned as the star of that group right now. And uh, I'm really not sure what to make of the SmackDown version of that group with, uh, with Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan and what's her name? Crazy Mary Dobson. I don't remember her WWE name. But, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I think the, the Raw thing's been done okay. Although uh, we were watching Raw this week and my wife uh, saw Sasha coming out with Bailey and Mickey trailing behind her. And she's like, Sasha looks like a badass. And the other two look just like they're going to a birthday party or something. <laughs> it's like Sasha looks like she's going to a fight, and the other two look like they're going to a bouncy house. <laughs> it's like, yes, they seem rather miscast. Anyway, I don't know. It seems like they're just killing a bunch of time on Raw. Would you agree? Yeah, I think, especially with no Raw pay per view this month, not that I'm necessarily complaining about that. Uh, they. I guess they're kind of building kind of week to week. They kind of seem to do one big match. 
every week they're they uh or maybe more than one i guess now that roman reigns has won the intercontinental title and is kind of doing the open challenge thing um but see like this week you had the main event of the tag title match next week you have kane and braun um and so it seems like they're just kind of doing rather than loading up one show and kind of making like a you know, a big special on, on free TV. They're just kind of, kind of one at a time going through the different feuds and doing the big matches on free TV. So, I mean, it's, and because I guess because it's free TV, they're kind of keeping everything in a holding pattern. So we've watched Seth and Dean wrestle Cesaro and Sheamus three trillion times, and we'll probably see it at least two or three more. And, uh, and, uh, I think we'll probably see a lot of Absolution versus Sasha, Bailey, and Mickey. And we'll see Kane and Braun probably in like can they have a miracle on thirty fourth street fight on the on the <laughs> Raw? Oh gosh. Yeah. And then we're leading to an inferno match between those two, right? I mean oh, I I mean, yeah, it's one of those dumb matches that always sucks, but people suck for some reason like like that, or the buried alive, or casket match. All those matches suck, but we just do them because it's Kane, and we have to have spooky matches. That's true. There's a Vince Taker buried alive match where Vince bleeds a gusher. That is actually a pretty might be the best match Vince ever had, <laughs> but Fair. that's that's perversely uh, entertaining in its own way from many years ago. Maybe the Survivor Series or something. I think it was the um, same show where Kane wrestled Shane in the ambulance match, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Another rabbit trail as we talk about Survivor Series from 2004 or whatever year that was. <laughs> Fantastic. Broken, uh, Woken, Matt Hardy, and Bray Wyatt are going to be shooting. Ugh. I turned on my television last week and saw Matt Hardy wrestling Bray Wyatt and immediately turned back to Monday Night Football. Like, I... <laughs> I, I I mean I'm, I guess I guess I'm happy for Matt. He seems to have finally gotten his life together, and I'm glad that he's getting to use his his uh, creative brainchild here on um, on Major League Television show. But I don't want to see Bray ever again. And now he's going to be in a featured program. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I I can't really disagree with anything you're saying. Um, I don't I don't like Bray Wyatt. I don't like his stupid brother either. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. There's one glove. <laughs> his open, his up. open collar dress shirt. Yeah, and his dumb singlet with like a weird logo on it that doesn't make any sense. Like, ah, I hate. Remember when, he, hate. Remember, remember when he wrestled in tidy whiteies? Yeah, when he, remember when he like was like sixty pounds lighter. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, I'm not body shaming anyone this week. No, I am. Um, <laughs> Got fat, but at least he did the thing that fat guys should do, which is cover up when you get fat. He's not still wearing the tidy whities. If he was still wearing the tidy whities, I would be much more angry at him than I already am. But anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt, but I, I kind of have faith that Matt Hardy will at least make the segments entertaining. Now, I don't think Matt Hardy's going to be pushed particularly hard, um, but. I mean, the least interesting part of the broken stuff, or I guess now woken stuff, is the part where they actually had wrestling matches. It's you know all the pre tapes and and wacky stuff they do. 
I mean, someone threw out the idea, I think, on Twitter of like he and Bray should wrestle and he could throw Bray in his magic lake and Bray could come out as Husky Harris. Mm-hmm, um, that's pretty good. You know, you could do you can do lots of, of, of silly stuff if they really go all in on that stuff. I mean, we've kind of seen the WWE version of the final deletion um, with like the House of Horrors, which we will definitely talk about on the year in review show. But make a soliloquy about how much I hated that and what a personal insult that was to me. But mm. uh, yeah, I mean, we're like WWE's version is just like a spooky location and guys punch each other. It's like, so if they really go <laughs> all out with it and make it, you know, as wacky as it was before and you have drones and magic and volcanoes and all this crazy stuff. And sh- yeah, I mean, I mean, is I guess that's the question. Is the broken character entertaining enough that it can survive a Bray Wyatt feud? Because the record of guys that Bray Wyatt has just kind of killed is uh, as far as like their crowd reactions. He's 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 the human mute button for the crowd. I mean, we're really it's really going to be a test of Matt's creativity, I think, and how much um, room he's given to express that creativity. I think. Oh, for sure. But I mean, and that's whatever the reason I'm excited that it's not mid card Matt. Like I don't regular Matt Hardy is so boring. Yeah. (laughs) He's going to, he's going to sell a bunch of merch and the delete chance will replace the what chance at least for a while. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the outcome of all this. He's, he makes a lot of merch money and we get delete chance. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty much the long and short of it there. We both attended NXT Live in Bel Air uh, this past weekend, and Liam filed a report on that for WrestlingObserver.com. And um, I guess big picture, I really enjoyed the show. Those NXT house shows, it's a tight like two and a half hours with like a 10 or 15 minute intermission mixed in there. I thought the opener went long, but nothing on the show was bad. A lot of it was very good. What did you think overall about the show? Yeah, it's fun. I've said this before on shows, and I think the Raw you went to in Baltimore a little bit ago may disprove this theory, but it's very hard to have a bad time at a live wrestling show. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, just in general, just the atmosphere is fun, especially sometimes these smaller shows can be not necessarily more fun, but as fun or fun in a different way than going to the big TV production. And I know a lot of the performers, like uh, I think like working with the TV cameras off sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and and as you mentioned, kind of in the more intimate environment of, you know, a gym that, that would hold maybe a thousand people and probably had about half that, or maybe, maybe they had 700 in there. I don't know, but Something about, you know, that that smaller room. You're right on top of the action. I mean, the difference between the cheapest seat and the most expensive seat, like, it is, it's, to me, it, it's there's not a bad seat when you're right on top of the action like that. It's, and as you mentioned, it's difficult to have a, a bad time when you're that close to people hurling themselves on uh, plywood topped, in, you know, <laughs> topped with canvas. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of, the, uh, one of the main things that I don't really think we ever got an answer on, uh, Alistair Black kind of just wasn't on this show. Yeah. Despite 
tweeting that he would be, and despite working the shows the prior two nights, uh, one in, I think one may have both been in PA, um, but I know at least the one the night before our, the show we went to was in PA, uh, he just kind of wasn't on the show and wasn't addressed. So uh, Adam Cole ended up wrestling twice uh, to to make up for that. and uh, he, he wrestled was... Gunner. Yes, uh, Gunner of TNA fame. Uh, of Gunner, of Gunner and Murphy. The, the all-time <laughs> generic tag team name. Um, uh, events were so standard as you have a tag team, guys, you just referred to by their last names, and they they usually start off as, like, security guards. <laughs> he just has been doing the Harris Twins for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I realize how that sounds, and I'm well, not, not going to take that back. All right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, the best match on the show, I thought the uh, the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish wrestled Eric Young and Killian Dane. I think on the last show, Eric Young was not there. Uh, the, we saw the other two Sanity guys last time NXT was in our neck of the woods. But, uh, Correct. Is, but we yeah. did get to see Eric Young, who uh, these four guys worked worked their butts off. And they did crazy brawling in the crowd. They hit each other with trash cans and a plastic sign and and all this kind of stuff. And and just just had a really really good tag team match. This that was my favorite thing on the show. Yeah, they built they built that match around. Um, I mean, Eric, except for the brawling outside at the start, like Eric Young worked like ninety nine percent of the match. And it was just they wanted you. They kept milking the hot tag to, to Killian Dane, and they wanted you to wait for it. And they teased it, and they teased it, and they teased it. And they finally got it. That that was a uh, that was simple but good. Yeah, Eric Young is one of those guys that it's a shame he wasted so much of his career in TNA, and maybe because of his size, he probably would have. I mean, he definitely would have a ceiling in WWE. I'm not saying he should have been like a world champion necessarily, but I mean that guy is. As as far as in ring and he's he's good promo. He's just one of those guys who's he's he's been really good for a really long time, and it's just a shame that he wasted so much of his. It's a shame that WWE wasn't open to hiring guys like him until like two years ago. Oh yeah, it was it was it was the Punk and Brian era. I mean, Brian is going to be remembered because of the chant and you know winning the title at that at that mania, whereas. Punk is going to be remembered for you know walking out of the company, but really, <laughs> it's really not that much difference in terms of style of those two guys, really in size. And I mean, Brian's a little bit smaller, but I mean, it was the Punk, you know, Eric Young came along before Punk and Brian, <laughs> and that's he, he was just like five years five years too early. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, those guys work really hard and uh as we mentioned adam cole's adam cole wrestled twice and then i'd like to talk for a minute uh not to steal your gimmick but i'd like to talk <laughs> about the women's championship match uh sure. you had bianca belair at the show in bel-air maryland do you get it ah i see uh yeah you see what they did there uh mm-hmm. versus ember moon uh, of course ember retained the title um Ember is one of those people that, and I think you mentioned this, like it almost kind of surprises you how over she is with like mm-hmm. the average fan. Yep. And I don't know why I mean, she, I mean, she was able to get like dueling chance with Asuka. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise on some of those takeover shows. Like 
she like they have i mean they have something here right like that's that's could be one of your next superstars not you know not in the wwe sense but in like actually being a woman that maybe you you build as your as your one of your top uh top women on on the main roster she she works at the same level as anybody that's on the main roster right now i mean you know she might not be as good as the very best but she's better than I mean, she's she's a good worker, and you don't need her to talk a bunch. The problem is that when, as long as Vince McMahon, look who Vince McMahon's champions are. <laughs> they're both they're blonde women. <laughs> this is it's it's God, you know. Alexa's very good at playing her character, and I got no issue with Charlotte. Charlotte Charlotte's very good, but it's like <laughs> Vince has. You know, a template, a type. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you don't fit that template, fit that type, he just doesn't see it. It's like this. You know, the legend has it that Vince didn't "quote unquote" get women's wrestling until he saw Sasha and Charlotte at um, an NXT house show on on WrestleMania weekend in San Jose <laughs> in uh, whatever year that was in 2015. <laughs> Like Vince didn't get women's wrestling until 2015. <laughs> like, wait a minute, <laughs> these women can wrestle <laughs> and get a reaction from the crowd. <laughs> what? Oh, you want to see women for more than like 90 seconds on on a show? Uh, if they're good, if they're talented, yeah, yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. We had a little bit of a difference. Not we never really have a very drastic difference of opinion, but I think we had a little bit of a difference of opinion of opinion on the other women's match. I took it. It was the other women's match was Ruby Riot and Sonya Deville. Uh, the girl had been called up to SmackDown against the girl had been called up to Raw, and, and both working here as NXT House Show. One of the girls and, has extra T on her name now, by the way. That's true. <laughs> I don't think she's changed her social media handles. I'm not sure. Uh oh. Uh, you might want to get on that, but um, I took it as look. I think Ruby's really good, and she has a lot of experience working the Indies. And I took it as she was trying to let Sonya both call the match, and Sonya's working this MMA fighter gimmick where she works a lot of arm bars and she works a lot of holds, and she's doing this invincible fighter kind of thing. And I took it as um. Ruby was letting Sonya both call the match and try to work the gimmick, and I think you took it as they were trying to be very safe. Is that an accurate? Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, the way you lay that out does make sense, and I I never meant it as a as a slight to to either woman. My thought was kind of these are two women who have a spot on national television, and they are not going to try to have a five-star classic in a community college arena in Bel Air. Um, now they did, I'm not, that's not to say they didn't work hard at all. I mean, Ruby uh, took a bump on the apron that they did some kind of creative stuff in the corner for the finish. But uh, to me, it felt more like this is idiot proofed between a, a pretty good worker and a worker who is not very good, or at the very least is very green and Sonia, um, and it was just, it was just, let's, let's take it easy. Let's work, work some headlocks. Let's work some arm bars and 
uh, stuff. But I mean, I mean, the way you laid it out does does make sense. I mean, I, I didn't think it was bad in any way. I wasn't I wasn't criticizing them for it. I just to me, it felt like, OK, we'll have two or three big spots at the end and the rest of it will do very basic stuff. Um, yeah, in order. that's fair. That's uh, fair. Uh, I want to mention one thing more about Ember. Um, <laughs> wait. Um, uh, her comeback is like all drop kicks. And mm-hmm. It's so refreshing to, to see a woman wrestling in WWE who doesn't start her comeback with that jumping clothesline where she lands on her knees. Mm. Like every other woman on the roster does. It's a personal attack. I, okay, well, learn how to do something else, Sasha. Sorry. Um, it's a personal attack. Once, once. Do a clothesline. Do a back elbow. Do do any move that someone can easily take a bump off of besides that clothesline where they jump and land on their knees because every girl does that. It's probably like three girls do it and I'm just being uh, hyperbolic, but it feels like every girl does it. Every girl except Charlotte does it. Charlotte does that spear. I don't know why she's doing a spear. She's six foot tall or whatever. She's going to break her neck. Ask Edge about doing a spear every night. Yeah. That's, she should not do. She should not do that. <laughs> good point. But to get back out, Ralph. Well, my point was just really to praise Ember Moon, who I think is very good as a worker and has a connection with the crowd that I think maybe is being undervalued by people that uh, people like me, people that watch NXT, but maybe uh, you know don't still don't see her on the level of Asuka or Bailey or Sasha or and, and any of the other top women who have come through NXT. I think, uh, I, I think, think she... I, I think I undervalued my sure. spiritual connection with her entrance music. That is, a, <laughs> that is a, if that song was released as a single, it would be a smash. That song rules. Okay. Um, and yeah, the main event was, <laughs> The main event was uh, Andrade Cien Almas with Zelina Vega, of course, against Roderick Strong. And I thought you had an interesting take. You have seen Roderick Strong wrestle a lot. (laughs) I've seen him probably more than anyone except Kane. (laughs) Those two are the wrestlers that I've seen most in in my life live. And uh, I mean, are you are you pretty satisfied? Look, is he he a guy that you feel delivers pretty pretty often when you see him? He always delivers at like a four star level, which is like, how can you possibly criticize that? You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, oh, I've never seen him, except for the time I saw him wrestle Jay Lethal in a, in a boiling hot building in the middle of summer <laughs> for an hour. About uh, the the hour long draw or whatever they did, um, and that wasn't his fault. He didn't book it, and he right. was you know he lost ten pounds by the end of the match, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Roderick Strong. I mean, I was thinking back. This was this is another very good match. Him and him and Almas work really well together, and I'm sure they've been having. I know they wrestled on NXT television somewhat recently, and I'm sure they've wrestled on other shows, uh, other house shows. But yeah, they worked really good together. We saw Roddy have a really good, like again, about four four and a quarter star match with uh, Bobby Roode the last time NXT was uh, was in town. Like that guy just. That guy delivers. He's a guy who, when you know he's on the card, you're probably going to get your money's worth. And that's that's really all you can ask is to have, if you have, and again, nobody, and that's not to put down anybody else saying people didn't work hard. Uh, it's just the idea is like some, there are certain guys, certain women, uh, when you know they're on the card, 
you you know you're going to get your money's worth because they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can to put on a show. Can I admit something embarrassing? I did not realize that Zelina Vega was Thea Trinidad until I was at the show and I was googling her. And I was trying to figure out where she. Came. I'm like, I'm like, this woman came out of absolutely nowhere and she got it immediately. She just she just appeared out of thin air and was like immediately like the fourth best performer on the roster. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! It's because she's been in the business for a decade. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our intern Archie cannot believe you are so ignorant. All right, I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of New Japan uh, tag league because <laughs> I've been writing about that for WrestlingObserver dot com. Right, and lots of Michael, lots of Michael Elgin on those shows. Who's kind of like the second coming of Vader in Japan right now. Uh huh. And uh, Michael Elgin did a pretty good job of burying himself on social media this week. And I would just like to point out. We're on the right side of history uh, when it comes to burying Michael Elgin on this program. Oh, absolutely. You can, uh, though I don't recommend going back and listening to our show and from uh, like 2014, uh, if you did go back, you would hear us talking about what a clown Michael Elgin was even back then and what a weird guy he was and how he would do weird stuff like pretend to quit Ring of Honor <laughs> Uh, to try to work some weird angle, but then like he missed some dates, so Ring of Honor actually kind of ended their relationship. Um, I think his contract was up. I don't think he actually quit or got fired, but uh, but he kind of burned that bridge with Ring of Honor. Uh, so like this guy has always thought that he was like 1996 Brian Pillman, and he's like, no, you're just a big dumb idiot who does dumb idiot things. Absolutely. He was going to quit wrestling to play Major League Baseball, even though he hadn't, <laughs> hadn't played baseball since like high school. And then when somebody called him out and was like, hey, you know, you can't just like show up at like a spring training complex at like, you know, 27 years <laughs> old or whatever and say, I am now a Major League Baseball player. And they take you in. It's like he and then he's like, no, I didn't say I was quitting to play Major League Baseball. I said I was quitting to like play baseball for fun. <laughs> He was doing the Sid. Sid would take like summers off to go play softball. That's right. Sid. Better than Baron Corbin. <laughs> Agreed. Also, in some ways, better than Michael Elgin. In some ways. Um, so, uh, yeah. Get New Japan World. It's like after the uh, the conversion, the yen to dollar conversion, it's like $7.41 a month right now or something. And uh, it's ruining my life in the sense that I'm now spending like 16 hours a week uh, <laughs> watching and writing about wrestling and I don't have 16 extra hours in my week. So it's like I just never sleep anymore. But aside from that, uh, WrestlingObserver.com is great and New Japan World is great. So for $7.41 or whatever the current conversion rate is, you can hop on that. Speaking of people that buried themselves this week, uh, <laughs> SE Scoops ran some Jerry Lawler comments about the women's revolution and how things were better back in the uh, back in the I don't know the the pudding match days. I I don't really like. Par- I've made the joke on Twitter like let's check in with this old man with a very problematic past, particularly as it relates to women, and see if he, I bet he has some really progressive thoughts on this women's revolution. Oh, oh, Jerry yes, it's, it's shocking. Say. 
It's shocking. Uh, yeah, and it just goes back to a point that we have made on the show a lot of times, which is you gotta you gotta stop asking these people. Like, stop asking Vince Russo. Stop asking Jerry Lawler. Stop asking Ryback what they think about stuff. And by that, I mean cancel all their stupid podcasts. <laughs> um, like, that's just, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Re- stop reporting on what they say. I know it's just about clicks and you feel like you got to do it. But, man, you can't keep reporting on stuff they say and then, like, also try to, like, take a high road and play. Oh, what a, what a, you know, what a, what a ridiculous thing this is and what a terrible thing to say. It's like, okay, but you're also kind of enabling him because I bet a lot of people went and listened to Jerry Lawler's podcast this week after SE Scoops went and did an article about him. So uh, I don't, I just, just stop, stop, stop talking about it. Stop reporting on it. I don't care. I wouldn't care what Jerry Lawler thinks about wrestling, much less what he thinks about, uh, I guess he doesn't like that women get to be treated like people. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry that you missed the days when I like, there's nothing like, I just, this is so dumb and everybody needs to just stop asking for their opinions and cancel other podcasts because they suck and this is going to keep happening. And by talking about them and writing stories about them, you're just enabling them. So just stop. Just let it go. Let them write off Sounds into good. obscurity. Sounds good. I would like to write off into write off into obscurity. However, I have an episode of Boss Time. Hit it. Oh no. And now it's boss time. All right, this week on Boss Time, uh, Sasha wrestled Paige in the featured match on Raw, and I thought it was good. Um, I saw Sasha call a spot in the match, and I've never really ever seen her do that before. I saw her call an up and over against Paige, and then I heard her on Steve Austin's podcast this week, and she they talked about calling spots in the ring, and Austin, who just loves that Brooklyn match, as most of us do, he was saying, you know, I ne- you guys never talk to each other during the entirety of that match. He's like, how is that? And Sasha was like, well, you know, some of that is just when you have good chemistry with somebody in there, you don't need to call every spot out. And some of it is, it's just the art of wrestling is if you don't see me call spots, that means I'm, I'm a good wrestler. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's, there is that. But Austin and uh, Sasha, it was kind of hilarious. A hilarious dynamic there is you have this, you know, this twenty-five-year-old young lady and this fifty-year-old redneck dude. And uh-huh. it's like when they're talking about wrestling at this very high level, it's like these are, you know, two people that have reached the top of their profession and they have that in common. And every time they're talking about wrestling, and then Steve is like asking about her hobbies and her and her, you know, her childhood and growing up and stuff and. She's like, yeah, I was homeschooled online and all this stuff. And Steve just has no idea about that. And then she's like, he's like, well, what do you, you know, what do you do for hobbies? <laughs> like, because well. if, if, if I don't mean to interrupt boss time, but um, <laughs> so like Steve probably saw the Brooklyn match and has seen like one other Sasha Banks match ever and mm. read her Wikipedia. Like, I think that's because that seems like what his interviews entail when he interviews people from this generation. I think, I think Steve, uh, I, Steve, 
Steve stays pretty current, and I know there are people that he you know DMs and messages and like he Bailey and Sasha and Kevin Owens and like he he's more involved than you would think. But he when he wasn't asking about her wrestling career and driving up and down the road, he's like, well, what do you do for hobbies? <laughs> like, well, I watch wrestling. And um and Steve, you probably not might, might not know much about this, but I uh, uh I like makeup and like I, I do my makeup and he's like, yeah, I know from your social media, I mean, you're really into fashion and stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, uh, I, like, I just I just remember like him <laughs> having Paige on his podcast like two years ago because he was supposed to have Hulk yeah. Hogan, and then something happened. I don't remember, and uh, <laughs> and away. then for some reason they put. What's that? Yes, he's dead. Uh, he died on the way back to his home planet, and uh, and uh, so Paige was on there, and that was basically the that was basically that they could talk about wrestling a little bit, but Paige is also just kind of. I mean, Paige was also a little more like amped and energetic, and I think he just personality wise had no idea like what to <laughs> what to do with her. And my, the other example is when he had Dean Ambrose on and tried to ask Dean Ambrose about like his abusive father. And uh, Dean just shut him down and wouldn't talk about it. And then they blamed Dean for that. And I think Dean lost the WWE Championship because of it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Steve Austin has done Steve Austin's podcast has maybe done some harm as well as some good for the modern generation of professional wrestler. That's a fair point. But he and Sasha went an hour and they taped an a half hour with Sasha and Bailey that is gonna run next week. So lots of good Sasha Banks content this week and she and Steve posted posed for a photo together and that's now gonna be uh, framed and hung on my wall with my family photos. Uh, no, 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 that's it. We're out of time. That was boss time. Well, the feast, the feast is ruined. <laughs> Let's, uh, well, before our, our intern, uh, Archie, starts getting very vocal about Ember Moon or whatever he started yelling yep. at me about, uh, we, should, uh, we should probably wrap it up here, huh? We should, and because my battery on my PC is dying. So, until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Farewell. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com.
Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Okay, I'm uh, broadcasting live from a new uh, new PC, so hopefully that reduces uh, audio issues. Very cool. I have a co-host who's been medicated laying next to me, but enough about you. Uh, <laughs> so you had to work? Yeah, and uh, fun story about that. We're live, right? We are live. Okay. So, uh, so, so most of the crew is a uh, high school, um, young men. All right. And, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, they're high school, uh, young men are dumb. They're the worst. They're the worst. They're just giant crappy people. Yes. And it's the body of an adult and the mind of a 15 year old. And they're just the worst. Even if they're like 18, they still have the mind of a 15 year old. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of them, and we, me and the uh, manager, uh, the canvassing manager, sort of had uh, suspicions about this. And by that, I mean we overheard them talking about it. <laughs> so we knew, but we'd never seen it. Um, they stole from a Royal Farms, like all of them, like five dudes. Ugh. Um, they only caught one on camera. Yeah, it ended up being called back early, and we thought it was because it was raining. But when we got back there and I was about to leave, I was asked to go into the office with the head of canvassing and the head of marketing. And we had a nice chat about how they, the main office uh, had received a call from the Royal Farms on uh, Edgewood Road in Edgewood uh, saying that they had camera footage of at least one uh, kids stealing and then going outside and getting into a van that said American Century Solar on the side <laughs> of it. For, for, in case there's a um, listener, in case there's a listener that isn't in the Mid Atlantic region, Royal Farms is a convenience store. Sure. Um, yeah. So gas station user. and like they they're pretty brazenly open about talking about how they lift stuff from convenience stores. But again, I've never seen any of them do it. And so I'm not really, I mean, all they have to do is say, no, I didn't. I was joking. And like, there's nothing anybody can do about it. But so, yeah. So one of them was, uh, was caught on tape and it was, cause it was like, I went in to use the bathroom and then I bought stuff. And as I was walking out, I looked into the window and I could see the Royal Farms manager on like looking at us like a security monitor and like rewinding tape. I was like, right. I wonder if today's the day. And uh-huh. then, yeah, when I got back, it turned out it was the day. So uh, the one dude's definitely getting fired. And, like, they, that was the only, they only got one of them of, like, the five people 
who we're pretty sure stole. Um, <laughs> only one of them is officially uh, fired, I think. Jeez. But uh, they were basically going to bring them all in one by one and try to get basically try to get them to confess. And of course, if they confess, they're fired. Right. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Holy Toledo. Yeah, it was just, and again, it's one of those things like we kind of knew, but my thought is like, if you do it so regularly, like you would think you'd be good at it, right? You would, I'm just saying, you would think that. Sure, you would think if you're really bad at it, you'd get caught the first time. Right. I'm just like any convenience store ever. If like more than two people walk in, they're going to immediately go to look at the camera because that's, you know, that's prime time. And like, six people walked in at once. So, like, they immediately were looking at the camera. And, yeah, so the kid the kid could have gotten arrested because that was that was the, uh, the Royal Farms was calling, basically, to say, hey, I'm giving you a heads up because I'm about to call the police. And uh, the head of marketing was able to go up there and pay for the starburst or whatever it was that he was on camera taking. And they uh, they let it go. But so now there's a new rule, which is if, we, if they have to go to the bathroom... <laughs> We can't take them to any place that, that has stuff they can steal. So we have to go to like a fast food place or I like that the I like that the rule is not don't steal. It's you can't take them to a place where they can steal. Well again, because unless you know, there's if there wasn't footage of it, they wouldn't have gotten I mean, they would have gotten away with it today. Like right. it doesn't matter. like so it's just yeah, that's that's the kind of uh that's the kind of business um, thing, but yeah, now yes, theoretically it should be uh, don't steal. Yeah, uh, if you steal, you're fired. But again, I guess they can always just say, "Oh, I wasn't," you know, when I was talking about stealing, I was joking, yeah. or lying, or to sound cool, or whatever. So Ugh. yeah, just yeah, teenage teenage boys are the worst. They're the worst people. All right, so. Um... Let's just please do a quick show. I don't care what we talk about. <laughs> He's been just a holy terror. <laughs> He's being put on Prozac. <laughs> yeah. So he and I will both be on antidepressants. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to get him to shut up. I hear you. Yeah, you want to be heard? I understand. Yes. Yes. All of the sin. Gosh, I hope not. All right. So, uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm embarrassed to admit that I didn't realize that was the attorney. Guy. <laughs> so it was a mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good times. But it was a good I show can't. overall. <laughs> <laughs> weren't there, Archie? You don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good boy. Yeah. Yeah, poor boy. I know. Yeah. 
All right. Um, back for our list. Uh, my dog's name is Bailey, and she's only interrupted our show once, and it was quiet for the most part when she did it. Yeah, it's the it's the flipping worst. Like, imagine this, but twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, <laughs> and uh, you know him like nipping at your face constantly, and uh, <laughs> unless you're walking him or taking him to the pet store to look at fish in the fish tanks. <laughs> Loves fish in the fish tanks. Okay, bud. I know. Have you thought about getting a fish tank? That's a really good idea. Okay, why don't you go over there on your bed and lay down? Why don't you lay down on your bed? I'm going to try to coax him onto his bed. Okay, here, bud. He's demanding belly rubs. He rolled over and demanded a belly rubs. <laughs> I stopped rubbing his belly, and he yelled at me. See, Bailey, Bailey's like that too, but she doesn't bark. She just kind of hits you. I see. Punched me right in the balls the other day. They're at the perfect height to do that, aren't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Over. Can... I was like, like crouched next to her. I lifted away. Archie, go to your bed. Go to your bed. Welcome back, everybody. Look who's back. back. Regis is back. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got a beautiful Christmas sweater on. And, there, but you listen, look at yours. You look like a perverted uncle. I do look like a perverted uncle. It's true. I'm like creepy uncle for Christmas. <laughs> Very creepy guy. <laughs> Just play the music. Okay. Just play the music. One more Christmas song. <laughs> Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. Well, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. And here to stay is a new bird. He sings a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. Let me take it, son. Meadow, we can build a snowman. Yeah. Then pretend that he is Parson Brown. What happened to that accent? He'll say, I am married. We'll say, No man. But well, you, you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire. Go reach. As we dream by the fire. To face unafraid the plans that we made. A walking in a winter wonderland.
to face unafraid the plans that we made. Walking in a winter wonderland. Oh yeah. A walking in a winter wonderland. One more. I don't Merry Christmas, may all your dreams come true. I try to keep on keeping on.